Welcome to the Suburbs. I'm Kim. I'm Juice. And, and this, this is, is Suburban Pod. Pod. We're just two bougie Negroes trying to figure out how to express our blackness in white spaces. Follow us on Twitter at Suburban Pod. And follow us on Instagram at Sub underscore Urban Pod. All right, enjoy. Brethren. Chilling. It's uh that's what's up. Uh Kim is off camera, but she's right here. <laughs> I'm coming. Okay. I'm coming. Peace to the Queen. What's popping? What's up? Wow, I feel so honored when people call me Queen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to take that. But yo, so how how you been, brother? Man, I wait, did you send my email or yeah. I'm sorry. Well, I tapped in. I got to uh, I'm watching fucking uh, shotgun reviews and shit like that because I just bought one. I saw that. Uh, yeah. Have you shot before, or are you just? You just nah, I have not. In? It was it was like forty five percent impulse buy. Like, <laughs> yo, I'm oh. say, say about forty five percent. But I got you know, say my cousin with West Point and shit like that. My brother, my dad been on it, so you know it's a family male bonding, you know, experience too. I got on you. Top of, uh, these crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, too sure. I feel you. Um, Shit. you out in Cali, so how is gun yeah. laws out there? Uh, all right. So I went to. T- I think it's a 30, 30 question test for the um for the. There's a safety test you have to take for any gun. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, um, like, I'm, I'm waiting another 10 or so days because the DOJ is a little bit backed up to go pick mine up. Um, I think there's a, uh, I think there's an extra test to see that you can use a, a handgun once you, uh, once you pick it up. Um, and that's, that's about as complicated as the purchase gets. Right. So there's a background check with every purchase, uh, and then the, the laws themselves about, you know, owning one is very, very strict. You know what I'm saying? Like compared to the South, like um, if it's in your car, it better be unloaded and you better be coming from the range or on your way to it. That that part of it is actually exactly like it is here. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So like that. And then um, we are Castle Doctrine State. So there is that. Um but you know, uh, it's got to be locked up and stuff. If there's kids in the house, I live alone, so you know, I'm gonna be right up under the bed. I feel you. Um, in case some shit go down. But you know, <laughs> it's uh, it's 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 about as strict as any state is in California. Uh, I think um, I think it's a little bit lax in some rural counties. You know, where they do a lot of hunting, shit like that. Right. But you know, t- in, in in general, like the you know the whole big thing about gun control and everything in the country is not a huge problem we like any more extra legislation that's gonna happen you know compared to like you know i'd be down for homecoming the people i know you know we'd be in the motel six and they'd be having the bang thing yeah something something fully automatic and i'd be like oh wait a minute i thought we was going to the yard i didn't know <laughs> no, <bro. laughs> i didn't know we was tooled up like that are we expecting some some trouble like hey stay dude. ready <laughs> that's a fact i see i'm about to t- blow your mind 
when I bought my gun, I had never shot a gun before. I went in there, background check, 10 minutes. I walked out the store with my gun. Damn. That's, That's scary, nuts. though. I think I, I think I'd heard some shit like that about, uh, I think I was watching uh, what, Fahrenheit 9-11. When yeah, it was going about you know how, how easy it is to get a gun. I think that was in the Midwest where he was at. It wasn't Texas, I forget. But I think it was Michigan. Yeah, like I that shit that that shit blew my mind, and I just I'm like, fam, like you could just you just walk right in, and then like the trip part about guns is like, you know, I'm a big ass nigga, I'm a strong dude. I didn't realize because I got the Mossberg Maverick 88. When I asked to look at it, he, he placed it in my hands. That thing is a seven pound killing machine. Yeah. You like, know, and I'm just like, fam, this shit is a little bit too. I would like, I like it felt a little bit too too light for my, I don't know. I guess whatever idea I had of you know how dangerous a gun can be, that it just kind of blew my mind. But I'm just like, yeah, I see how dangerous things can be. Yeah, it's like, it's intense, but like, like when you really like do the knowledge and gun culture and stuff and do what you're supposed to yeah. do, like, like you even start thinking different. Like, will you like? Are you gonna have Concealed carry, right? Um, California, I think you have to be uh, at least um, like off-duty law enforcement. Man, it's so much safer <laughs> in California. Because, <laughs> and I, I'll be like, I've gone places where, like, you know, I'll go to like, you know, just coming out of homecoming, I'll fly into Dallas. Right, go mm-hmm. to Whataburger. See this white man just walk right in, you know, uh, like that. I mean, a big ass revolver on his hip, and I'm just like, hey, I don't, uh, yeah. I don't feel safe. It's that open carry life is something else. Yeah, that's you don't have different. to have a permit to open carry down here. That is nuts. I'm surprised. I don't. But the thing is, you know, like you're gonna get most of your like the big violent, you know, gun situations are gonna be in major metro places. Right. right, and a lot of those have decent gun laws. Right, right. like up in New York, like you get caught with it, you. I think it's like five to ten. It's a minimum five. Wayne, just for having it on you. Yeah, Wayne went to jail for that, but that's also that different. Like with these, with us Southern dudes go places, it's gonna be different because we used to just a different way yeah. of life. Right. Let me put my dog for up sure. real quick. For sure. Dang, I was trying to get it in the frame. I felt like I was listening to a phone conversation that I wasn't a part of, so I'm trying to get <laughs> trying to get in this thing. I was waiting for you to chime in. I thought you entered the frame with the thing. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> I was going to, but I did not get the notification for some reason, so But yeah, we are. It's a little different down here. <laughs> yeah, man. So I, I just thought, and like a lot of the reason I didn't do it earlier. Number one, it's like I be I bought a new laptop that was easy because I do you know some recording and stuff. A lot of creative stuff I wanted to do. I spent three hundred and sixty eight dollars when I get when I got done at the gun store, and because they've marked up the Mossberg uh, Maverick eighty eight. Just because with everything going on right now, right? Um, and I just be like, man, that's a lot of money for I'm gonna go to the range, you know, once twice a month. Yeah, that's a big ass investment for you know. And I'm, man, do I have to worry about break-ins? Yeah, I got a pit bull. I just, 
And then like my ID didn't match, uh, you know what I'm saying? My, my driver's license, the address on it didn't match, you know, my, my physical address and stuff like that. And like, it was a lot of stuff I had to do with it. If it wasn't for the coronavirus, I wouldn't have had the free time to go, you know what I'm saying, facilitate and take care of. But I was like, well, I got time now. So right. just go ahead and do it. It's a, uh, it's, it's crazy down here because like you can go to what they call a gun show hmm. yeah. and, you, and you could just walk out of that thing. No background check, nothing. True. That is not, I'm trying to figure out how that works. We have <laughs> gun shows, like a big expos at like, uh, yeah. I think, let me see the warriors used to play at the cow palace. I believe still, it's still a stadium. It still stands. They just go have that anywhere where you would have like a, a big ass, like, you know, um, you know, flea market or some shit like that. They have those, but I ain't never been to one. So I'm trying to figure out like y'all go and you know, that's, it's like, they have laws against peer to peer. You can't sell your gun to your brother. You can sell it to your dad. Your dad can sell one to you. Right. But you can't do horizontal in family trades. It has yeah. to go up and down. Niggas be switching guns nice. left and right. Yeah. Here. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like 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 out here. It's like you see a gun and it's like, oh, I don't, uh, I don't know what happened with that. I'm saying it's some somebody's ballistics report. I don't need my prints on nothing because uh, they they coming, they looking for real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like here, the worst thing that happened if you ain't got like if you don't have a permit, which almost everybody got a permit down here that carry, right? Like the worst that can happen is you get like five hundred dollar bond. For having it in the car, like you, you can That's crazy. you can open carry without yeah. a permit, but as soon as you get in your car, you have to unload it if you don't have a permit. If you do have a permit, you can walk around That's with that nice. thing loaded. <laughs> that is nuts. I know it's like it's the crazy. Wild West, bro. It's crazy to me. Like, <laughs> As a, a Cali kid, how was it mo- moving to the South to go to Gremlin? Uh, a complete culture shock. I'm going to tell you now. Uh, well, first of all, that was uh, fall of 06 when I first got to Gram. And uh, this was right after Katrina. So me and my mm. mom flew into New Orleans and, and drove the rest of the way up. Ooh. And I see soldiers out with M16s and shit like that. And it's scary. Cause it's still like the city had like a real different feel to it mm-hmm. at the time. And then, you know, we make that drive. I think we stopped in Mississippi somewhere, um, made it our way, you know, back up through, through, through the boot. And nigga, I got out in front of, uh, in front of pitchback and it was 98 degrees. <laughs> and I said, like, it's 91 out here today. Right. And I'm like, my apartment don't have AC. So I'm like, by, by sundown, I'm going to be outside and my apartment going to be hotter. It's difficult mm-hmm. to deal with. I hate it, but nigga. <laughs> when you throw humidity on that shit, that's the first thing yeah. I noticed. Like, man, I am choking. <laughs> this shit is not okay. Stick. I'm not acclimated. It's thick like, out my here. Body, my body, like, I got real bad seasonal allergies, so, like, my body reacted very weird. Like, the South has pollen that you can see. <laughs> but it didn't bother me. Because the climate was so different, right? But like flying back and forth, changing time zones like that, my my like my nasal cavity would dry up and yeah. crack, and I would have random nosebleeds. 
at the beginning of the semester and like soon as I got home. We were like, just it was really that. messing my body up. And then like, I just like one pitch back the tallest building between like Monroe yeah. and Shreveport. <laughs> I was just like, I've never seen so much flat open space in my life. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, we talked a lot of shit, but it was so much simpler a life yeah. being in the South compared to, you know, on, on the, you know, in a major metro on the West Coast. Oh, yeah. Um, it's so much slower out here. I live, <laughs> I live like Vallejo, I live basically in E40s. And Vallejo is, you know, population 100,000, which you know, I grew up in Richmond. That's a, you know, it's about the same. About a hundred thousand, and I would compare those maybe to like a slightly bigger version of Rustin, okay. right? Except not. I, why are there so many banks in Rustin? I don't know. I don't like, know. I, like, <laughs> I never thought like, about it. Bothered me like a lot. <laughs> a bunch of independent banks. A lot of independent businesses. Um, like my my homegirl owns her clothing store, and she's a teacher and a photographer. I didn't know people did shit like that until I got to the south right and um just remarkable people like remarkable people this the southern moon the the night sky it's just beautiful and it rained sideways and that was just the most amazing shit i've ever seen in my life i'm saying around hurricane season but yeah it's i mean a complete culture shock i just didn't know uh I, i didn't know like higher education lent itself to real niggas Right, because right. fun fact, I applied to both Southern and Grammar. Me too. Right, so I moved that summer. If they sent acceptance letters when I, when I tried to transfer, I didn't get them. They got mixed up in the mail. So I called Grammar first, and the dude in the admissions office was like, "Yeah, bro, you in?" I said, "Well, damn it, that's the place I need to be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on my way." Because yeah, I, I didn't know. I had no clue. But yeah, man, actually, for me it was it was a culture shock. But like, man, I can't, if they cancel homecoming over this Rona, I'm gonna be, <laughs> I'm, I'm riding. That's what's gonna get me <laughs> in the streets. God damn it, I'm for real because I, I I love the South because of that. I um have only been back to Gremlin once since I left. It's when did when did you get up out of there? I I only went my freshman year, but I, I went right. that summer. Yeah. For summer school, yeah. so I did 07 to 08. Right, and the crazy thing was, like, you left for a little bit, and then yeah. <laughs> you came back, and I was gone. Yeah, like it, that shit was crazy. And I'm like a whole completely different person. Like when I first, like when we met, I was down there. I only knew a couple people. Like it was you, the people who used to argue about whatever outside the cafe. It was gonna be rap. It was gonna be arguing football. And shit like that. We used to argue for hours, like, bro. My, like for hours outside the cab, like right, like we would go <laughs> the cab and then be right outside, just going at it. Yeah. Um. And I, cause I did. That was the other culture shock about that. Like you niggas don't like real rap. I don't understand this shit. <laughs> I don't. The funny, I like I don't get it. The funny thing was that, like, I was on the border. Like we, we, uh, I liked Nas, Jay Z, and everything. But like we bonded because people that like real rap also loved hope so that was right. like the middle right. ground but that was also in the middle of lil wayne's run yeah. and you used to give us so much shit for being lil wayne fans it was, okay but look this this is the trip part about that right eventually especially closer to me graduating i came to appreciate 
whatever was happening. Lil Boosie was God in Louisiana at the time. Right. And I came to appreciate it. Now I will I got I'm been meaning to make my ratchet playlist. <laughs> but shit that I just run because I just be in that mood. I just I might just be missing the South, whatever it might be. Um but like the music means something to me now. When I had to, you know, when my life shifted to okay, well I'm trying to be sociable with the people. I came to appreciate that ratchet shit, right? <laughs> so it was time because I knew it was definitely some, you know, some shit that wasn't too meaningful or lyrical miracle that I was listening to <laughs> coming from the, you know, what I'm saying, from the Bay, especially, you know, what I'm saying, like all that hypey shit wasn't none of that, but I, you know, it it lent itself to the people, right? It moved the crowd a certain way. I've come to dislike Wayne even more <laughs> because, like, I'll be going back, like, and I'm. Like, fam, I just, it's because of who y'all said he was. So, like, <laughs> you telling me he is, like, the standard as a lyricist. And I'm like, fam, no. But I wasn't even saying that. That's what all the other niggas were saying. But, like, I caught the hell. But, like, they said best rapper alive. But I'm like, by what measure best rapper alive? Because he ain't whole in terms of, like, stature, making all the money, selling all the records. He ain't that. Right. Like it wasn't like he wasn't competing with Ti and Ross at the time. You had competition. You wasn't clear cut the most popping nigga out. I mean, they changed the beat up and dropped the drums at the beginning of the verse. Only <laughs> taking over for you. I hear you. I know some of the verses. You know what I'm saying? I have some favorites. I, I love Five Hundred Degrees. Um, but I just and then like it was just like with with the bars. It, it I'm C plus Max C plus. I think it was what just happened? how much that he was putting out at the time, and then also, right. like we grew up with that nigga. Like he was in, I feel it. He was in our version of what would be to these little kids, I guess, Migos. <laughs> okay, yeah, that makes sense. That makes so sense. like I get it, I, and I, I get you know what I'm saying. It's not like I hated every Lil Wayne song that I ever heard or anything like that, uh, but I just like felt I was kind of. Just like, oh yeah, he got this run. I remember the squad mixtapes. I remember Bruh, I the way the, the streets felt about it. But it's like, man, this this nigga ain't he ain't that. He was God to us. Yeah. I just I, I didn't get it to me. And even today, like, and you know, he's doing a little uh, soft shoe cooning on the timeline now, so it's it's Bruh. open season to hate. Like, oh yeah, oh you a cool too? Yeah, fuck that. Just mediocre rap. Justifying everything you felt. Be like, yeah, yeah I knew he was a yeah, fucking cool. Vindication. <laughs> Bruh, it is a lot of cooning going on. Whole lot. I don't. Okay, so mm. for me, <laughs> it's a lot of people that don't know what to say, how to feel, uh, what to make of the situation, right? Some people just aren't educated on black liberation. True. I'm not super educated on black liberation, but I just know, um, like for me, no relationship I have with any white person is worth not divesting from white people. For me, right? And I got some white friends, some people I'm cool with, and I'm just, I just tell them, hey, we're just gonna have to have an extreme vetting process for uh, who we letting in <laughs> when the revolution comes. But I, I do think the ultimate solution is get away from white people, create physical and cultural distance from white folks. I've got two degrees. Right, my daddy grew up in East Oakland and went to school with the children of the Panthers. Right, um, you know, uh, and I, you know, dedicate my life to this stuff. I don't have things going on in my life that aren't 
uh, about black liberation, right? Some niggas just be kind of dumb and that's okay <laughs> to be just kind of dumb and not knowing what to say. Like, like Desi tweeted the picture with the, oh, this is crime <laughs> and this is, you know what I'm saying? You don't know no better. I'm not finna, <laughs> you know, I'm not finna jump down the nigga throat about that. It's a lot of you trying to hold celebrities accountable and shit like that. Why ain't y'all saying nothing? What's up with y'all faves? I'm not really fucking with that. But it's a few niggas <laughs> that I just be like, man, what they paying y'all? Like, what, what is them checks that good? Can't be. I don't, I don't understand. Like, what, what is, what, what are we doing? Like, do you say some shit like, you know, just the, what the, the shit Dash Bryant be on, the shit Wayne be on? I just be like, man, what, what are you? What, I don't remember what Jason Whitlock said. Right. I just, I, I, I don't hate know if he had nigga. a face turn. I don't know if he had a face turn, but the nigga got fired. I know that was surprising. And I'm just like, oh, did you, uh, did you switch up a little bit? You, did you, was you into your blackness a little bit too much? And then you said the wrong thing, and they don't want to cut them checks no more. That's the Uncle Ruckus, I don't, I don't man. Know. I hate that nigga. I don't, I don't get it. I, don't I, get it. I do think it's a lot of people who don't know about Black Liberation, but I just yeah. feel like those niggas need to shut the fuck up and donate or That's learn, it. read something. Yeah. Because you're hurting most of us by doing stupid ass coon shit. Yeah, but it's, it's a lot. Go ahead. It's, it's just time for real niggas. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's, I don't get it. I don't. I don't get like. Uh, I mean, I've. I'm not gonna lie. I've gone back and deleted tweets about shit I've said about women, <laughs> and especially black women, because at the time I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. Yeah. I probably got my feelings hurt by some sister mm. and said some like oh nine Twitter. Oh Ooh, my god. Oh nine twenty ten Twitter. Was but, terrible. Uh, our I we had, was too fact, big for our britches in oh nine. Absolutely. <laughs> like that shit. I had a sister call me and say, like, well, why are you saying this shit? And she had hurt my feelings. I'm like, what you mean? I'm just saying it felt like you changed. You know what I'm saying? And say this other shit. And I was just like, oh no, I wouldn't. Uh, I was talking about her, but I was subbing her. Bro, that was when subbing was the thing. Sweet days. Like, so, you know, a couple years later, I called her. I said, I am so sorry. I value you in my life. I'm sorry I was hurt. And I said some of the dumbest shit <laughs> that I thought was some deep. And I was already the poetry nigga who was deep and uh, people came through for knowledge and shit like that. And I'm looking back like I was dumb as shit. I didn't know nothing. <laughs> And I think the problem, like the problem with me then, and the problem with these niggas now, is not everybody deserves a platform. That is very true. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Some of you niggas need to rap and shut up. That's why I respect <laughs> what Drake did by just sending money. Don't say shit. Just send some fucking money. Yeah. That's what holding them usually be doing too. Like that's yeah. what you do. Shut up. Shut up. Just Period. Break bread. What, did he put up a meal? He put up a hundred thousand to the well, bell fund. I miss how many zeros it was. Yeah, a hundred thousand. Um, but I don't know if that's the only donation because that's just the one he put right. up. Right. Yeah. Just because he, you know, Drake is a. Um, he's a. He's got some ambivalence <laughs> about uh, his, his, his. I remember he came out and said, like that interview he did. He said he didn't feel like he was getting the credit for being, you know, a black man who's like the biggest artist of all time. And I'm like, fam, this is the protest genre. We ain't heard one woke bar. Right? And I don't, I'm not expecting you to come out and do the Pimper Butterfly. That ain't you. 
It no. would feel disingenuous as hell. Yeah. But I don't hear nothing about your black experience. Right. As a nigga from Toronto with a Jewish mama. Mm. Um, like nothing you got nothing to say about nothing, but but you want some some pro black credit. And I just found that ain't true. It's just not the pro black credit you get is we don't check you for saying nigga. <laughs> Knowing that you not, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> You know, and I don't listen. Light skin, uh, I know some. I know some. So, do we hold ass, nigga back ass. from mixed race people? I said again. That's a tough one. I said, do we hold nigga back from mixed race people, or do you have to be? No, I don't. You one have drop, to you actually say, look in the black. Club. Okay. Uh, we are very inclusive people. Okay, this is true. <laughs> but we do let Drake cook on some shit. We wouldn't let the other niggas cook on this just because but he's I mean, Drake. But like, you seen the video where he had that hard R? <laughs> yeah, and, and I just like, damn. I just like, I'm watching to say like, I'm listen. I'm a, you from Toronto? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Your daddy wasn't super active, I guess, early on in your life. You, you sound like your mama. I get it, but some of this, but he don't do it no more. But that man is an actor. Yes. So some of this blackness feels really performative to me. Yeah, like to where he just be, and I, but and it's not even like he's performing you know, blackness, period. Like, he's not black. He's performing ghetto American blackness. Yeah, specifically Southern culture. Yeah, like, he's all, they gonna hit me with the Rico. Nigga, no, they not. Nothing you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. Sir, you know you in the studio with 40. (laughs) Cut it the fuck out. Just be... (laughs) DM and Instagram models. Just do a Drake shit. Drake said this nigga was dating, uh, Melissa Ford and some other fine sister. Who was and it? And I mean the last two women I would have masturbated to fully close. <laughs> I mean that fully that close. type of fine. That type of fine. What? Wow. And then you see baby moms and it's like she got a foot for a face. And she's like, oh, come on, fam. I'm trying to remember who it was because it was somebody that was like in like 07, 09. Like they were the one. And I can't remember who it is right now. Cause they were friends too. Uh, I just can't. Man, Drake, Drake. Yeah, let me see. Cause that that should go bother me. Cause that nigga be wild the fuck out. <laughs> J Lo. <laughs> they had a little fling too. They did. That was weird. That shit is funny. <laughs> that's funny to me. I I just don't like I. And, but oh, Takara, Takara. That's who it is. Oh, the supermodel. Oh, wow. Yeah. That T'Challa I, acted up. Oh, it yeah. was her. Is that the, is that when it we found out that Drake uh, loved thick uh, women? I think who was that girl he essentially stalked? That was a couple years ago. He had a thing for Serena too for a little bit. Drake loved thick yeah. women. He liked them thick, but like they don't have to be black <laughs> or cute. Apparently, um, <laughs> <laughs> for raw dogging, like yeah. <laughs> it's got to be mean, a standard. Like, but the, and the trip part is like when they said who his baby mama was, I had seen her before. Don't ask me how. Um, I was just aware your business of who she was, and I would that is the, you know, uh, I have to skip on this. Like she thick and that's great and everything, but that looks like raw chicken, and I, I just can't. You out of control. I can't bro. do it. I, I'm just saying. I just, I, I, I just think I have this thing about naked white women. Every time I see them cross my timeline. <laughs> Uh, even if they just scantily clad like urban models. Um, oh, my goodness. 
I just, I, what I figured out is that when I, my first, my introduction to naked white women was two things. That was real sex on HBO and it was horror movies. <laughs> uh, white women always so, end up naked in horror movies. So, so on real sex, it was real sex before porn porn. True, true. Right. It was weird on white folks. Yeah. And and they and all of their proclivities. Yeah. And then when when the, when when the titties pop up in a horror movie, somebody is about to die. <laughs> so <laughs> you mix that with my blackness and naked oh. white women just mean danger on an artistic wow. level. It might cost me my life if this is a romantic interest and I just can't I fam I can't do this it. This nigga really broke down the trauma of his <laughs> Correlation to Straight white up. women, like <laughs> masterfully. You know, I just I'm glad you this. unpacked I mean, that. I'm glad you unpacked that. I'm glad you. I had to figure it out because I'm sitting up smoking, <laughs> and I'm just like, why? Because I haven't had, you know, I don't find myself particularly attracted to, to to white women in such a way that I would have some traumatic experience with white women. I, there's no trauma connected to it, so I had to, like, yeah. <laughs> like I remember, I I have seared into my memory. <laughs> The, the rack of titties from the original uh, Texas Chainsaw Master. Wow. Like, it was just like, I remember that. It has not left my memory. So I'm just like, yeah, that's... The OG Texas together. Chainsaw Master was crazy. It was. Um, yeah. Yo, this is going way better than <laughs> I even imagined it would be. <laughs> Straight up. Saying, I'm having such a good time, but we have to talk about how fucked up this week was. Yet again. Listen, man. This, uh, I think this week was more fucked up than last week. Definitely. And last week was pretty fucked up. It was. I uh, I actually lost a friend Sunday. Sorry to hear that, wow, man. Wow, what happened? I appreciate it. Uh, she had been uh, battling cancer for the good, better part of seven years. She actually beat it twice. And then wow. just like wow. popped out with a, with, a, with a brain tumor. And that's what, you know, eventually she lost that battle. Uh, so it was that. And then blackness was heavy as fuck. Yes. Yeah. You could feel just, it. Yeah, like, man, I'm just yeah. like, I got a meeting tomorrow uh, on, on Zoom with them jolly ass. And I love the people I work with. For mm-hmm. the first time in my career, I love my coworkers. Like, we be running, chopping it up. I go to the staff lounge to eat lunch. And I love them people. But, you know, uh, the PE teacher been hitting me on Instagram about, oh, I just, I feel, yeah, man, they should burn everything down. I finally understand. I just like, I just, you know, cut it out. <laughs> cut it the fuck out. Like, I appreciate the empathy. He's a, uh, you know, a Jewish dude in his 50s. And I just, I just, I kind of just want to be left alone. I appreciate you, you know, right. coming to some understanding. Mm-hmm. But it's still too you know, soon, though. You don't fully yeah, understand. Yeah, like just you see it, but you don't understand it. Absolutely, that's that's the biggest part. They finna get on there super jolly. How how right. what we've been right? right. I was and down to the protest the other day, so Oops. I feel great about myself. So I'm gonna yeah. yeah. I, I went. I was out in Oakland. Uh, I have thoughts. No, I feel like I feel like that's what white people are gonna be saying. Like, okay. You all right? She went to the protests here, and you went to the one okay. in Oakland. I did. What was your experience? Here? I want to hear your experience, please. Um, so I actually had a really like pleasant experience. The protest that was held yesterday was like super organized. Um, it was so organized and like holy. It felt like Oakwood put that shit on. I feel like somebody, <laughs> somebody at Oakwood had to be involved. Um, 
it was super organized. So they had like a ceremony in the beginning. Um, they had a oh. couple of different people speak. There was music, um, vocal and instrumental. And then we all congregated back up on the square. And then we just started our march. That got us all together. We got all lined up. Started our march. Marched around. I don't know how many laps we did. Um, maybe like eight laps around the entire downtown block. Um, okay. And then we reconvened at the spot where we started and had like one last moment. Um and that was it. And we left. After that, they let us know about the next one that they were organizing. And that was it. That is beautiful. With no crazy shit. Um, okay. Except for at the very end, apparently, there was two guys there that were caught with guns that were trying to fire them at some police officers. <laughs> um, shit. That didn't happen, though, until the actual protest was over, until the actual march was over. So yeah, it's still what like it was real vanilla. It was real vanilla. I will say that. I, I mean, I. Uh, so I, I, I take it your experience was not similar. Well, see, it was different because apparently uh, Sunday there was a second protest that was organized by some community leaders, and it was productive and safe and everything was all good i didn't go to that one <laughs> didn't feel right i went to the one to i went to the one last friday and that was the mistake Uh-oh. that i made because what i came to find out was that you know a good friend who's you know a radio dj out here um he said that he had tapped in with community leaders about that one and none of them knew anything about it which is why when I got, hmm. okay, see, so, and I'm looking and cause I went with my homeboy cause he's a photographer and he wanted to go out there and document and everything. And I, he said he didn't want to go along. So I'm sorry, I'm gonna ride with you. So, you know, we looking and I'm okay. Yeah. Okay. The brothers is out. I see some sisters and then it's a lot of white people. I'm like, well, what this shit don't feel like. And <laughs> granted Oakland, Oakland is being gentrified. That's uh, crazy. It's a lot of white people living in Oakland. Then I started listening. I started listening to some of the conversation, and the conversation was out of town, right? Um, a lot of people just sightseeing in downtown Oakland. I'm just like, oh, a lot of y'all not from around here. People of color that ain't black. Um, and I'm just looking around. and I'm like, this shit don't feel right because we are not out here. People is out here. Shit is cool. So about nine o'clock. He's like, bro, you ready to go? I said, yeah, I'm ready to leave. So we we dipped. And right when we got to our cars, I hear sirens. A lot of sirens going back towards where we ended up was at the police station in downtown Oakland. That's where it stopped. Um, And shit started going up. So around 10 o'clock, there's rioting happening. And I, I remember what I saw when I was out there earlier. And I remember what I saw on Twitter when they put them videos up. White people decided they was going to have Coachella by <laughs> hook or by crook. <laughs> and that's what happened in large part in a lot of places in Oakland. And part of me is like, well, corporations are saying the right things, right? I don't know what that's going to happen, you know, monetarily 
and what's going to happen with uh, in terms of some tangible change. But I, they going off, but it's very clear to the white folks. And if that's what it takes, you know, white folks getting in trouble for letting shit burn at the uh, tangential behest of black people, if if that's what's going on, then burn this shit down. By all means. But we on curfew now. Damn. Yeah, again. So, you know, uh, all the major counties. For different reasons, though. So it was some of the minor counties. 8 p.m. to 5 a.m. Can't go outside. So I don't, I don't know how much longer. I know I know. there's another protest on that for tomorrow. So, um, Man, 2020 we'll done sunned the fuck out of us. <laughs> yeah, this this shit. I need to reach. I mean, niggas ain't able to do nothing. Like, At all. You know, Kobe died, and then like it, Oof, was it just went downhill there. from there. Right. I still cannot believe that. I still cannot grasp that no, Kobe died. It doesn't seem real. It's still yeah, just. It's been a. It's and it's only been a few months. Yeah. Like, it's only June. It's only June. It <laughs> yeah. feels like fucking October, but then when you think about <laughs> it, June came crazy. fast at the same time. It's just like. It's just every day. It's a twilight zone. It's a twilight zone for sure. For sure. Everything's very different. I've been out of my classroom since March 13th. So, you know, and I just, I just, just went today to turn in my keys and, and you know clean up the classroom and all of that stuff. But I've been out of work for the same same amount of time. So do you yeah. think? Uh, do you think? Do y'all think that we're at the beginning of a revolution or are we in the middle of it? I I don't know. I don't know what this is because, like, I don't know if we're. I, something has to change this time, right? Because it took, you know, Rodney, the people that, that almost killed Rodney King, it took them getting off and L.A. burning down. Mm-hmm. And all really came out was reach out for them cops, right? There was some justice there. They had to burn L.A. down. Right. Was, that, was it 2015 with Mike Brown and, um, and, uh, Ferguson? and Ferguson? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 2014 there's a DOJ investigation that came out of that, right? Right. And I guess some overhaul, I, I didn't really keep up with it. Um, but this time, this is, you know, a couple of black men in separate places, right? In the middle Rise of a quarantine. In the middle of a quarantine, right? So it's extra, we extra pissed off about that. Except this time, there are protests in all 50 states. Yeah, and rioting the world actually, and a lot of places, and they going up in Paris now. Yeah, they going up in right? um, what? Did, where did I say today? There's a video. New Zealand, also. New Zealand, yeah. Right. So something, something is definitely different this time. I don't know what what is going to come of it, but um, I feel like we're at least in a place now where if some shit like this happens again, then uh. Swift action has to happen because the world is watching. It's right. I feel like it's. I have. Well, I have two thoughts. It may be the beginning of a revolution because white people aren't fighting Black Lives Matter now. 
They're like, oh, okay, yeah. I understand Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It took six years. But these a whole lot more coming around. Fucking Randy Orton. Bro, that was wild. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> Randy like, Orton is with Black Lives like, Matter. Oh, wait, what? And then like somebody got at him about it, and it didn't seem like he was just saying it to clean it up this time. I, he doesn't need an image clean up to work for Vince McMahon. Like, no. You, know, you can still be Randy Orton. Right. H- Hulk Hogan is still fine. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah, like you can operate just fine. Right. The way that you are now, you don't need to say this. So when somebody checked, tried to check him on it, he was just like, oh, no, I, he had a detailed breakdown about why. Like, oh, you like you understand it. Do you, do you know some black people? Like, for some have you re- been listening to your coworkers or some shit? For some reason, wrestling seems to be the woke sports. Yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin is a progressive. <laughs> Who would have thought that I shit? Be, I be listening to Stone Cold podcast, and I'm like, ah, Sam, I just know some fuck shit is coming. <laughs> like, I remember I seen the longest yard, and he said, "What the fuck did he say?" Uh, he said, "Get back on the line, nigger." Word. He said, "Does that word make you uncomfortable, nigger?" <laughs> and the way that shit rolled off his tongue, I said, "I know, <laughs> I know." His ancestors used black babies for alligator bait. I just know it. Like you're not convincing me otherwise. Like, like that is like the way he's. And then like he gave a breakdown of, you know, somebody asked him, like a guest asked him about like what it was like doing that. He was like, man, I'm playing a role. I had a part, and that was it. Those aren't my views. And I was just like, well, damn, uh, shit. And Stoke Kobe, Kobe going at people when they be like, they asked him about gay marriage. He's like, I give a fuck about you know who you are. What? Right. It was like, what's going? The most surprising woke person in wrestling is Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash be with the shits, and he be reading the fuck out of people. Like he said something the other day about like Black Lives Matter, and somebody was like, you always tweet about this, and he said, I can't believe I came out against murderers and people were mad and then somebody asked him they were like did you lose a lot of fans and he was like only the super and i was like what <laughs> what kevin dash is with the shits <laughs> i had no clue big daddy cool was out here like that right <laughs> big Going sexy is out here a while <laughs> that shit is crazy wild the oh, most man. surprising though is taylor fucking swift yeah, cause, cause I well, you know Taylor Swift kind of owed us. Yeah, she. Cause uh, the shit that she did in September was just <laughs> <laughs> all the mayonnaise she poured on that shit, and I just said that was genocide. <laughs> Tried to put that I, out of my memory. God, she has sent us back. <laughs> I Tried to put this, that out of my memory. It was all types of antebellum on that on, on that person. <laughs> <laughs> Curse! Oh my God! I just like fam. Then when she came out and she said that shit, and I, and you know you can tell who who you know has a handle for their tweets. She don't. Mm-hmm. She just shot straight and knew what she was. And talking she about. added and that just, nigga. She yeah. added him. Like no games. If you had and told her fan base, right? If you told me in two thousand nine <laughs> that I would agree with Taylor Swift way more than Kanye West. I said, get the fuck out of my face, nigga. What world are we living in? God damn, 2020 is so different. All right. I have a theory. When Kobe died, he set us into an alternate uh, reality. Yeah. It has to be the case. Because the the universe just is not the same. It's off kilter. Right. 
It's some something's going on. He's the missing I element. I cannot believe <laughs> my political ideologies are in line with Taylor Swift, <laughs> and, and I'm ready to fight Kanye West. At, at thirty plus years <laughs> old, at that, like at this big age of thirty something, not that is nuts, right? <laughs> I, I cannot believe it. What in the world is happening? I am appalled. <laughs> now, I do have another conspiracy theory. Now, this is one that's actually kind of real. Maybe all of this is happening because of the election. But I say that because... What was that documentary we were watching where they talked about people that interfere with elections? And they try to stir up race riots and like, stuff. Like uh, the Cambridge University Yeah, the Cambridge... Uh, the Cambridge, Cambridge University Analytica. scandal, Cam- yeah. yeah, Cambridge Analytica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw that. I saw that. It blew my mind too. That's that's um, why I'm kind of looking at this stuff through the lens of being like, may, is there interference? Because online is so much chaos. It, it, even with right. the stuff today with the blackout, like there was so much confusion and just like we've been seeing this and like there's two different posts that give like blackout guidelines, but they say yeah. the complete opposite things. Like one of them is like oh you know don't post and don't do this and the other one is like no we're supposed to do this and this is what we're supposed to do you're not supposed to take black lives matter it's like even within the same realm what i came to understand about that is it was two sisters that put this together who work in the music industry yeah and they basically said what this was really for our allies and what the blackout was supposed to be was get off all of that normal shit that you post right mm-hmm. about your cat about your baby right and post something meaningful to this movement or somebody's black art my homeboy hit me the jewish homie he you know when we came to he said all right so uh basically i mean i guess i would promote some of your stuff i said yes sir that's exactly what you would do we had a couple yeah. of friends tag us with stuff mm-hmm. yeah so you know there was that yeah, but was i think up. that got confused with the normal blackout what we do where we just post a black picture and don't say nothing or don't spend no money with white people and just uh you know the normal stuff that that comes together but i posted something earlier and you know one sister was saying when she was who i got the clarity from and she was saying the reason for the confusion is somebody might have co-opted this shit. right and that's what it looks like happening Right. So, but I did see most of my timeline that even that had posted just, you know, something, you know, the all black picture, they cleaned up, came back. So the, the right information is circulating now. Right. I um, posted the black picture, but I didn't tag anything. Right. Just to show solidarity. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But and the word is getting out to not hashtag black solidarity, but, uh, or black right. lives matter. But, you know, I could see, how this could be like some election cycle shit, you know, where they just, you know, some shit just came up. Right. But at the same time, I have seen what happens to an institution when the leadership is just stealing money. Exactly. Right. I've seen trash principals come in and have their own agenda about whatever they're doing and the inmates are running the asylum. Yeah. So something that should have been just, oh, you know, running them. Like even, you know, President Obama could have done better with um, what could have been done for black people in terms of our relationship with the police and the justice system, you know, saying whatever the fuck, right? Right. An actual leader would have known that, right? And improved upon whatever it is that he did. Right. So something swift would have happened, right? 
And it's the same with the pandemic. This motherfucker fired everybody that had the foresight to already deal with this shit and nip it in the bud before it got real. Yep. Because we even knew about it in January. Yeah. Like we've been talking it about it the on news. the podcast for, since February yeah. at least. Yeah. So, yeah. but when this motherfucker just has the agenda of stealing money in the best way that he can and trade tariffs and all that other shit he had going on. He real good at that shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he, he was scary. not going to park for the people. Yeah. He's scary Hall of Favor. <laughs> oh, absolutely. 100%. But, you know, when it comes to actually leading the people, something that should have just been, oh, man, a couple people got sick, but, you know, we took this action and got this, and we were already prepared, boom. No, now we have a global pandemic, and America is doing way worse than everybody else, because this motherfucker just ain't paying attention. No. He's reacting to, to, and it's the same shit, you know, it, the report that came out when um, just regular, simple presidential shit that Obama had to hold his hand through on his way out the office. Yeah. It's like, like, I, I could believe conspiracy, but it just feels more like NF white man. That's just, <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, that's very true. I, like, I'm not saying like necessarily all this is manufactured, but I believe that there right. are people, there are actors in this that are not in good faith. So I'm listening. It's this agent. They said it was a white dude that uh, lit the target on fire in Minneapolis. Yeah, most of that stuff is is like, those. Uh, it's not even Antifa. It's fucking anarchists. Yeah. Because, yeah. hell, I'm Antifa. I'm against fascism. I thought all of us are against fascism. Right. I thought that was just kind of the thing. With blackness. Inherent. <laughs> it's like, you know. The level-headed white folks. Right. We're like, wait, so we're... <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> this is not where well, I thought we were at in our relationship. Like, I thought for sure we didn't like Nazis. I thought we all pretty much agreed on that shit. You know? <laughs> but apparently well, not. A, a lot of them, and like I said, they them white folks is out looking for them. I've seen the screenshots of text message conversations. Um, hey, let's go out with the blacks and shit like that. And I'm just like, fam, I'm. <laughs> if, if y'all on that, like they just wanted to. I remember um, it was a documentary on hip hop, and um, I can't remember the brother's name, but um, he's an HBCU grad. A cube, play ball, all that. Um, it was about masculinity and hip hop, and it was on PBS. And he was interviewing these white boys about what appealed to them about hip hop. Mm-hmm. And these people were specifically Fifty Cent fans, and they were saying that through hip hop, you got to like peer into black culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've never laughed so hard in my life <laughs> because. Because I love 50 like everybody else, but um, everybody hasn't been shot no. nine times. That's a very specific and story. And got, uh, and got and a deal out of prison with Dr. Dre and Eminem. That is not, that's not even like a, a, a rare black experience. That is just that. That's the one in a million. That is Curtis Jackson and nobody, not, it ain't two rappers with that story. <laughs> like, like, I mean, shit, most rappers get shot and do not survive. Right. Like, you know what I mean? I, I just, and like, but you compare that to what these white folks is out with, they out at the at the riots. They just, oh, yeah, this is, yeah, this is coming up on, on some black. Wait till shit calm down. Mm. Yep. Crazy. And just go spend a day with somebody black. <laughs> just, your ass still ain't gonna know, but this is certainly not it. It's gonna this be is not the, No, you don't, you don't tap into the frustration after no, right. you got to get you some Jim Crow on you. 
Right. And, and so, this shit and is so in our veins. Yeah, nigga, this shit is it's actually epigenetic. Yes. Straight up. Actually. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah nigga, no. That's that the exact word. They out for the turn. Oh, he a wordy ass, ass nigga. I can tell. <laughs> I am listening. <laughs> Vocabulary A. Straight up. <laughs> but Straight up. I, I, don't, I am very wary. But, like, these, like, it's just that that white angst that leads to white man anger. That's what this shit is. Like, I, I don't get it because it's like you're giving the world and you're still like, I just, God damn it, I want to rip some shit up. I, I, I compare it to, I compare it to uh, getting your asshole breached, right? <laughs> um, Wait. And I forgot, I forgot where I heard this. I think um, typically human beings, right, have come into such a life of convenience compared to like early man, mm-hmm. right? We don't have to kill to eat. So when you don't have to kill to eat, um, you come up with shit that, <laughs> and maybe one of the first shits is like a, a gender identity, like gender roles and shit. When, when you don't have like, when, when your life is not dictated by your body is this way and my body is this way. You have to think have to for yourself. To survive. You have to think for yourself. You come up with crazy shit. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, first world problems, right? We would call those them. White people. <laughs> I love any sentence that starts with white people. <laughs> <laughs> they have all of that right and white privilege. So they literally have nothing to fight for. So they come up with some shit. That's why you got 50 armed men um, with tactical vests and shit on going up mad because they got to wear a mask and they can't go get a damn haircut. <laughs> They've become so accustomed to convenience that it is to be told, hey, stay home so people don't die is an affront to your civil liberties. That, Truth of the matter is you just bored. That is their that's their power though. That's what they're protecting. Like that I is just this shit is nuts to me. Like I they say, oh man, I uh, no You said they have nothing to protect. That's that. That's what they're protecting. That's why they're trying to I, keep us silent and keep us I'll be damned keep us being the victim because they don't want their power and their privilege taken away. They know that if they give into this shit, they don't have shit on us anymore. That's a fact. They don't want to give that up. (laughs) I do. And for, to, to, to some degree, I actually empathize with white folks for white people because it it must suck to be lame as fuck. (laughs) Generationally. you, You, you have, you have this idea. You've been raised with this idea either you know just tacitly or explicitly that you are better than black people yeah but nothing backs that up better than everybody but you got nothing to back that up. (laughs) but you don't have the money (laughs) you know you are poor so you know i mean you you like you and and like because it you know they i think chuck d said you know white men in in suits don't have to jump right so Mm -hmm. as much as we stunt about the talent um, the athleticism, the cool factor, everything that makes black being great. The problem is then people can just siphon off from us and, and, and you know, be vultures to the culture, right? Energy vultures. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, unless you're poor and you ain't one of them. <laughs> so your ass is just rhythmless. You can't play ball. 
You don't have any ingenuity, and and you're broke. Like, <laughs> you can't dance, and you can't go anywhere to learn how to dance. You're so broke ass, <laughs> poor motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would listen, man. That's a crazy cognitive dissonance to have about yourself. Oh, you race the wow. way that you are the master race, <laughs> but you can't kick this meth habit. Like just, that meth is kicking your ass. Like just, that redneck tan is just not doing it for you. <laughs> It sucks. It must suck. I mean, shit. I mean, we black people. We make poor look good. I know. We, you know, we, 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 hey, we, we still go stuck, nigga. <laughs> my grandma. My grandma used to teach me. No matter what, I don't care how poor you are. You make sure that your clothes are always clean. Yeah. Like, because it's all we got. That shit yeah. out. Like, they might not fit straight, but I smell good. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> See, I all I got is hot water. <laughs> and a tea blade. I am all right. Nigga, wow. I get by with some beans. We <laughs> I will make it happen. <laughs> but that is true. Like poor, like disenfranchised white people. The only thing they have is what higher class whites just give them. That at least you're white. Yeah. And that doesn't have ever, anything in it. But you ever been to Panama City, Florida? Yep. Mm, I have not. I've been to That's the first place I got called a nigger. Oh right? wow! And I was with my boy, and I asked him if he had his pistol on him, and he did, so I felt safer. Um, <laughs> but the poverty. <laughs> there were some poor white people. Yeah, you know like, it's, it, it is fucking awful. You know it's crazy. Like we went to school with like public school, but like we're mm-hmm. in. We say the suburbs, but we're kind of on the edge of the city. Yeah. So, right. like, down the road, literally, are two trailer parks. So, we went to school with kids that lived in trailer parks and kids that lived in uh, mini mansions. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, the kids that lived in the trailer park fully embraced that they were white and they were poor. And they loved right. hip-hop. And when Eminem came out, they they were like, all right, bro, we got we got one. <laughs> Like, because people always that don't listen to rap always say something like uh, Eminem is, is like like being black. But like, no, Eminem is the whitest rapper <laughs> of all time. <laughs> his music, his music has grown increasingly whiter too. Yes, like, and, like he's fully ooh. a fifty-year-old white man. Yes, he is. Oh man. And then it's just like, but he he knows that about himself. He knows that he's he's just a trailer right. park kid. And they had a hero finally. <laughs> so it's a it's a bridge of white people that went the I'm gonna be a redneck racist, and it's the other bridge of white people be like, nah, I'm hanging with niggas. <laughs> yeah, straight up. <laughs> like they got every Tupac album. Oh man, I I know some white folks that know. Matter of fact, on the especially in the Bay Area, um, I have seen. Like Jay Electronica was out here um, before you know the world turned upside down. Uh, Just Blaze was out here spending one time. Lupe tours out here all the time. Um, Wu Tang. Mm. I have never seen as many because I don't dwell in white spaces. That's where the white people be at. They be at the lyrical miracle rap show. Oh yeah, they. I'm not saying shit. like like Migos came to town and it's just popping. So. You know, if you listen to top 40, you in the better. No, I mean, 
going bar for bar with the songs. And I'd just be looking in amazement and policing the word nigga. I'm looking around like, hold on, let me let me see who is uh who gonna say nigga some shit like that. But th- there's there's like a uh, uh, like man, am I am I black enough? Because you know, I don't know this dilated people song, <laughs> but this white guy knows all the lyrics. <laughs> like, but, that shit is crazy to me. It's, but it's also For funny, real. like when you hear like old, like I hate Kid Rock, but to hear Kid Rock describe being the only white—I mean, being one of the many white people watching Public Enemy and knowing every word—and yep. then that kid grows up to be fucking Kid Rock. That is the weirdest shit in the world to me. Oh man, Ugh. yeah, I I just don't. Can't I mean, it, it, should, it go to show you, you know, no matter how much they love niggas, they they don't love niggas, right? <laughs> just don't. And then this shit is weird. Kid Rock is the most interesting person in the world <laughs> because he grew up. His dad is the biggest uh, was the biggest car dealership in Michigan. Really? Yes. So he's not from a redneck life or anything. He co-opted that shit when he was 30. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Ain't uh, Garth Brooks from the suburbs, too? He's from... Some shit like that. Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. I heard I heard about that, like, a lot. Like, in, in country music. Oklahoma there. is country. Like, uh, Taylor Swift is from Maine, I think. Yeah. She just, really? Yeah, she just moved to Nashville when she was, like, 15. White people weird, bro. They White move. people be appropriating their damn <laughs> Own <stuff>. culture, bro. <laughs> What? I was just finna say that shit. The fuck? I'm white, but I'm not white white. I'm you, just white. You just wake up I'm one day and decide you're gonna be a different dog. kind of white. Like, what is that? <laughs> this nigga be running me on Twitter and be like, oh, he gonna get his white music bag. <laughs> Nah, man, you, you, hey. <laughs> every now and then you'll make a reference and I'll be like, the fuck? What? <laughs> same, same, same. And listen, I can get, you know what I'm saying, in my Dave McCallum, you know what I'm saying? I, I will run. <laughs> I got a couple of, I need to make me a, a white jams playlist because I got a few in the tuck. Everybody got to have a white jams playlist. Wow. Oh, shit. Like, even the OG white, white uh, jams, like Bee Gees. How deep is your love? That shit be yeah. going fucking yeah. hard. That's that one of my favorite it. songs ever. The, the we didn't know you wasn't black. Right. Like, or uh, what's Bobby Caldwell? Yeah. I, I forget oh. each year that that nigga is white. Like, every time. Hoping it's going to change. Bobby Caldwell come back out the, he come back out the closet as white. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're what? <laughs> Oh shit! Like you sure you ain't got no black in you a little bit? That shit is funny. But uh, yeah, like I be, I don't know, man. I just always like a whole bunch of different shit. But nah, man, I get it. It just wasn't never. It wasn't my upbringing. Some people mistook it as me being. It. Some people mistook it as me being not really black. Me like no, my my grandfather was a deacon of defense. <laughs> he, he was in a civil rights movie. We we black black. We from Mississippi, nigga. Blackity black black black. Like also black. You needed a break. Let me get some blink one of these. Yeah, like, like, I mean, like you got that new Weezer CD. <laughs> razzle dazzle. Oh, little shit. sprinkle of whiteness. I need a break. <laughs> 
shit. Speaking of upbringing, we are all black church kids. Yeah. Did you watch any 100%. of the? Both of my parents were ministers at my church. So, yeah, oh, shit. I was that kid with the two minister I parents. Was, uh, where did I go? I went from um, I went from the Church of the Living God to uh, we heathens right now. <laughs> And then the next step was the Church of God in Christ. And uh, now I'm at uh, Bedside Baptist quite often. Wow, you was a, um, co- you was a Kojic part? Yeah, and that was... Um, that sounds intense. Being Kojic was like uh, how I imagine it was at Howard University. Because <laughs> everybody I know from Howard think they just better than the rest of the HBCU. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> the new Kojic niggas is different. Wow, I'm very glad that I did not have the Kojic uh, upbringing. Yeah, that was the... There there was an air of... uh, Like, we had... The convention was... The uh, Auxiliaries and Ministry Convention at the convention center next door to the Staples Center. Turned that thing out. The next year, we was in Houston. And, you know, just the way the people acted, I was just like, oh, you niggas is a little... uh, the bougie for the Lord. I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't understand. Like y'all act like y'all invented Jesus. <laughs> it's different, man. Yeah, like I grew up in a church that was the pastor was raised Kojic, but oh shit. So well, you like know, you can't join in. You right. got to be born in. Right. <laughs> so it was like, so they kind of had a Kojic light uh, church. So Kojic like, influence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it had a Kojic aesthetic. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, they had some of the things, and then, like, they loved, like, the Clark sisters and all of that of type course. of stuff. Yeah. Of and then, surprisingly, they um, the pastor didn't like Kirk Franklin because he wasn't a real Christian. And it had... Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, it was like that. So, like, it was real judgy. So, I definitely understand <laughs> the whole bougie uh, for Christ. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, like... That- that was different. So, like, after, like, Kirk Franklin and the family, like, by the time he got to stomp, uh-huh. you couldn't, we couldn't just play it in church. Oh, no, this is the world. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, this is secular. I'll go into hell. That was much for the holier-than-thou crowd. Oh, man. But around the time is- Rebirth came out, I guess Kirk Franklin had done a little bit of rebranding. <laughs> yeah. And so... I mean... <laughs> He would oscillate between just studio uh, music and, and having a choir. Right. So he had to, <laughs> the he had duality. To go, I can do it all. I can do it all. Right. Oh, man. But, like, like, I remember one time we had a conversation where I was like, Kirk Franklin is the R. Kelly of gospel. <laughs> Whew. But that was before a lot of the things. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay, we were talking yeah, about right, musically. Yeah. Like, right. Um. I can see it. I can see it. Like songwriting skills yeah. and definitely uh-huh. experimenting. Like, yeah. But it sounds a little different now. <laughs> it do. Yeah, nah, I don't want to be the R. Kelly of anything. That's a damn shame, man. I just feel like, <laughs> I feel like, like, I don't know, but his voice is so unique. Tread lightly. Them Tread song, lightly. I remember, <laughs> I remember when I was in the, I was in the sixth grade at Martin Luther King Elementary School. Black, black. And every Friday we would have 
my t- we had like a, a dual classroom, two black women that remind me of my mother, right? Ms. Dyes and Ms. Powers. They would have us, I don't know what they called it, but we would have this assembly. We would all go to the auditorium, which is basically just downstairs from our classroom. And they would just give us pro-black just inspiration all the time. And we would sing, I believe I can fly. Mm-hmm. And that, was that has been robbed of me. Yeah. Because I like this man, I some of the stuff he says in his music about women just reflects somebody that does not have a healthy relationship with sex. <laughs> right. It it's all like, there. Like like song titles like I like the crotch on you. <laughs> I have said plenty of things about <laughs> women that I uh that are, you know, objective. Where I just be like, all right, well let me let me clean up and learn how to compliment women, not be so creepy and shit like that. But I like the crotch on you tells me you don't even talk to other dudes about women's <laughs> right. in a problem in a regular problematic way. You know what I'm saying? Like that got that got like Ephebophilia all over it. Yeah. Like that is some gross shit. And I just can't believe for his catalog to be so immense. I just, I can't listen. Like that shit is just not. It's not. Ugh. It's like, just come, like. Let me get my dog again. <laughs> Mercy. Yeah. It, that, that R. Kelly happened to us in, or in it, real time, rather. It did. And so it's just like, yeah, I, I knew some things, but I didn't know all the details. And now that I know, I just can't. The writing was on the wall, though. Like, that's what's so crazy is the writing was right there on the wall. I look, I look back on um, them. uh, The fact that, like, the the sex tape, as they called it, that was child porn. Mm. But like the world was like turned upside down, like oh you can get it here. They bootlegging it over here, and I was a child, a minor at the time, mm-hmm. so it was just some shit that was popping. But they was peddling child porn because it was a celebrity behind it. Yeah, that's what that sex tape was. Right, like, that's just not uh, like and and the public had known that he married Aaliyah when she was fifteen. Yeah, right. That was in and, vibe. Yeah, like, and it's just, and we, like, can we just let this shit ride? Yeah. Like, I can't believe, I'm disappointed in the elders, because it was a lot of, I didn't like a lot of niggas on the timeline just saying, oh, y'all wasn't tripping back then. Like, I was 15. I, right, I right. I had nowhere to trip. <laughs> what talking about? Where was I going to trip at? Right. Yeah, it's uh, just, close. we... It's a lot of creepy shit we learned and we just accept it. Yeah. And I don't know. Uh, oh boy. That's why these uh these a lot ne- of people don't. Generation Z praying for them. <laughs> Cuz they were raised by some crazy ass niggas too and I was around yeah, for it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like some of you niggas is off. I didn't realize how off you was. Right. You started posting online about it. Yeah, until I could see all of your thoughts, I was like, yeah, I didn't yeah. know you were hope. that person. Have some hope. Uh, right. just, just talking out loud. And now, like, ugh, good God. It was like, I thought niggas at the barbershop just talk like this. Like, I didn't know my uncle was that nigga. Nah. <laughs> like, the conspiracy theories and just wacky shit. Oh, I can't believe, like, the shit that my family got on. <laughs> And I just stuff that all right, so like you know, like 
it'll come to the Twitter timeline. It'll come to your group chat. And we know it's bullshit because I know lawyers. I know nurses. know a doctor or two, some mental health professionals. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's just what, what my circle is. Uh, I've done actual research because I got a master's degree. Um, and then when the information comes to us, we just laugh at it. Right. Mm-hmm. And be like, oh, yeah, these hoteps is crazy. <laughs> you know, that's some shit. They just dusted the anti-Semitism off this same Republican shit. Exactly. Took the, uh, took the, um, the reptilian Jews out of it. And then, yeah, here, this is palatable right here. Mm-hmm. And we laugh. Right. These people is crazy. And then you go to your mama house. And then, mm, did you hear? <laughs> <laughs> oh. like, I it have, triggered me. <laughs> <laughs> I have already had this conversation three or four times. Four and weeks ago. <laughs> bullshit. Right. And then the way that, the way that shit gets interpreted is, Oh, so I'm just dumb. Right. You know everything. And I'm just, I know I, I just, it's like you don't see how this is crazy. You don't see how them saying that you can tell it's, uh, that the virus is coming from the 5G because they put it up with hazmat suits. And then I tell you, a hazmat suit will not protect you from radiation poisoning. The conversation ain't over right there. It's There's more to it. <laughs> That is, the, and I just felt no, not this. That's kind of it for me. That, that, yeah. Well, one second. I, I'm, I'm done. Jesus Cooper is going through it today. Um, I've let my dog in now three or four times. Nah, Cooper went. He why. went to the Cooper had to go to the vet today, so I think he's having like a little um, meltdown about not being tended to. Uh, he needs some attention. That makes sense. So this nigga gonna sit in our in on our session now, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> like the but yeah, man, like it's it's just like the the five G and like I'm I'm it's very easy for me because I've done when I left Grambling, I had bought a laptop and had it like this was the first time in my life where I had access to a computer mm. that I didn't have to share with nobody, right? So, nigga, I seen loose change. Uh, every YouTube conspiracy video you could want to see about uh, Kennedy's assassination, hidden colors, um, all, all the you, all the hidden colors, all the UFO shit, everything. And I have lost sleep. I, I remember, I remember nine eleven, thinking the Taliban was gonna kick in the back door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. That day. Yep. I was shook. You was like, oh, we're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> And then I'm watching all this shit, and then like it'd be other stuff about like how vulnerable America is. Like, like in Richmond, it's like a a, a big Chevron factory, right? They're like, yeah, you know, they fire painting in there. That'll take out half of Oakland. All of Richmond might get a car. I'm like, hey, wait a minute, this is a lot to take in. I am shook. <laughs> they were I, saying that about Redstone Arsenal to us, like, <laughs> you know, like if they like, if they attack, you know what? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, fam, I don't, uh, <laughs> at some point you just wise up or you find some new information and just be like, oh, this is bull. You find out that jet fuel doesn't need to burn hot enough to melt steel. Right. It only needs to weaken it. <laughs> enough to fall <laughs> down. <laughs> That's it. That's it. And they like, I don't have no questions. It's just like some of this shit y'all are saying, like you wasn't there. Y'all are making shit up as you go. Right. 
it contradicts with what I know to be true. And you know, I, I get around your family, and they well, I, you got to consider it. No, I don't. Right. I don't have to consider none of the bullshit that I know to be bullshit. <laughs> I don't. No, I don't. And stop t- stop talking to me like that because you insult my intelligence. <laughs> right. <laughs> Literally. Like people are fucking stupid, man. But like you it's just crazy. can't come out and just say that because your mom would get her feelings hurt. Like yeah. my, my mama told me Sunday, she was like, "You should hear what John Gray said this morning." I said, uh, "No, I shouldn't." <laughs> and then she looked like she wanted to cry. <laughs> my mom was listening to John John Gray this morning, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And they don't get why we like. I don't want to hear this toxic ass fucking nigga. I hear enough bullshit from other niggas, and I don't want to hear it from this. I am fucking fine. false prophet. Just you sprinkle some Jesus on, on your toxicity. On the problematic, just not sorry. It is still poison. Spoke eloquently <laughs> with a suit on, nigga. I know, I know misogyny when I hear it, partner. I'm, I'm not stopping. Cut it out. I had a professor. This is when I started like, yo, fuck religion. My professor was like, yeah. Now this is misogynistic in itself, but it's that misogyny that is accidental because somebody's trying to be woke. He was like. Yeah, the reason that churches are filled with women is because men like to manipulate them. And so uh, religion is only for children and women. And I was like, I don't know about that. Oh, <laughs> it was like, ooh, it's a lot to unpack there, Dr. Green. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have, I have, you have said some shit. I, I just, it sounded smart when it came out your mouth. Oh, when I see to a 19 year old B? I was like, yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. Bruh, yeah exactly. <laughs> to a 31 year old B, like, Ugh, I don't know, uh-huh. Doc. <laughs> some of that. I remember uh, it was a dude named G. Craig Lewis, and this is a special time in my life because I had stopped listening to secular music. Um, and I had been through a particular super religious, it, it was that time in my life. And, um, so I was trying to rectify what he was saying about the truth about hip hop and it being so even and all this other stuff. And all of these lyrical miracle dudes out of Philly who was spitting five percent of rhymes. Like, like it, it was like the, the it was super duper Christian, but they had bars. Cross movement? The dude, cross movement and everything that grew out of that right. in Philadelphia at the time, right? Um, so it was like, but I, and I internally love hip hop and bars. And so I'm listening to what you're saying. I'm listening to what they're saying. And I'm trying to figure out who I am in this faith and in this life. And he had, I think it was volume two of this sermon series, The Truth About Hip Hop. And he had what he said to be an unreleased version of a Jay-Z song. I know exactly what you're fucking talking about. <laughs> So, the truth of the matter is, Danger Mouse had the acapella, yes. and he chopped it up to make it seem like Hov was saying, "Murder, murder, Jesus, six, six, six. Yeah, it was a right? great album. Which was, yeah, it was, it was the great album. It was the Beatles' white Danger album. Mouse is a weirdo. Yeah, it was the Beatles' yeah. white album mixed with the black album. Exactly. And so I'm listening to this, and I'm just like, everything you were saying was making sense until this moment. Until you got right here. I literally and, and I don't know what Jay Z believe I don't know I don't really care but you are lying. <laughs> I remember having that exact moment because like oh my mom my like my aunt has always been like yo 
like she's kind of a conspiracy theorist. So she had told right. my mom that, and my mom don't ever do no secondary research. She just go <laughs> based on whatever somebody oh. told her. And so, like, of course, I was in love with the Black Album because this was like '05. Right. So I'm yeah, still bumping. Absolutely. So, like, when she said that, I was like, let me go investigate this so I can prove my mama wrong. <laughs> and it was everything was making sense until that moment. I was like, yep. That's not true, and I can sleep at yeah. night because that's when All I was right. super religious. <laughs> and it, like he, he had said something about, like he had did some sideways research, basically saying, um, you know, music influences us differently, mm-hmm. um, and that we are more, more likely to take in a message without discernment. And I think he also, to it in music. I think he also made the point that that Lucifer was the minister of music in heaven and some yeah, shit. Child, oh, it was so. I still tell people shit like that today because you should monitor what you're taking in. I mean, it's not different from what we see about just seeing black trauma on the timeline. Right. You do have to monitor what you're taking in. So he led with some truth. And it sounded good, and then it's just if you don't like, but if you don't know, like, yeah. but if you don't know, you'd be like, yeah, everything that nigga just like, said is a hundred percent truth. She's like, ah, oh, man, that nigga shit, spit. Oh, thank God, I'm smart. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was some good game at first. Like, hold on, let, let me. It's gonna take a whole nuanced explanation right. but about why half of this is some bullshit, right. and I don't have time for it. I like it. He made the bullshit move quicker. Just, and I'm one of them uh, niggas to once I see that you bullshit, hey, listen, to not nah, another word. Oh my god! After that, I was just like, fan, I listen, man, I, I love rap, man, and I'm gonna just find, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna conscious my way into <laughs> <laughs> back into like, oh man, a little bit of Tyler, some common, right? And now this ratchet shit. All right, nigga, I'm, I'm, we here. That's, that's that's exactly how I felt about Umar too. Because remember when Umar first was popping oh, off, no, he was man. saying shit that made sense. Or in my limited worldview, I thought yeah. made sense. Made yeah. Sense. And now, nah. It was all good. He just said some shit recently where I was like, mm. kind of true. Ain't gonna just be dismissive. I'm trying to remember what it was. Uh, no, he was talking about white people rioting. Why are you coming out of your position of power where you could legitimately be an ally? Mm. And coming down with here with us, and I'm sitting back like, mm, who said that shit about that uh about that conversion therapy? And that was some bullshit. But uh, <laughs> but this shit right here, this right here, <laughs> this nigga spit. <laughs> it's just like when he be talking oh, about like, the cool chip stuff. I'd be like, <laughs> he has a point. Hey, their, coon, their coon chip may have been activated. I'll be trying I'll be trying to figure like what happened because like he be it'd be a lot of good game and then like the shit about this school I work in education. Right. So when he be saying the shit about how you got I'm like, so it ain't a doctor, nobody nowhere with an administrative nothing going on. You just a psychologist and eh, are you? <laughs> right. Doctor. Like, tell me you short on the, on the, on the fucking, uh, on the, on the dissertation. Tell me you just that short. I will accept that. <laughs> right. You better just the money trouble, but don't lie to me about this shit. Like, and just put kind of eh, doctor-ish. I, I got, I know people in 
PhD programs, and I call them doctors because I'm speaking into your life. You gonna finish this program, mm. and it's gonna be great. But nigga, don't come tell me you gonna start a school, <laughs> right? And you ain't even studying education, and ain't got nobody. Bust up, Boom. yeah. Like it ain't like you, and 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 the funding is GoFundMe. <laughs> Hit the cash app, right. mail it in. What? Any nigga is building a school no with a cash app. Just <laughs> say nah. You have rotating expenses. <laughs> I think I actually sent him my. I think I sent my resume in. By the way, uh, at, at the last time when shit got real, uh, real questionable about what was going on in the school, when I was like in front of the news cycle, mm-hmm. I was like, man, let me just see if I get any feedback. <laughs> he gonna be an investigative reporter. <laughs> to the to the Garvey Institute. I'm, I'm gonna see what's up. The Garvey Institute. I hate I'm that. I'm still dude. waiting to hear back. <laughs> I haven't heard anything. And then did this nigga say he was <laughs> <laughs> nigga? Yeah, uh did he say kinsman or some shit? He I thought he said comedic. Like he was the senator from Frederick Douglass. Yeah. And and nigga know you not, because the family came out and said, uh, nigga, we don't know you. And he's and the way he said he was a descendant. Would have been like he's a nephew, a, a great, 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 right? That's not how descendants work. You yeah, have to be from know. the lineage. Yeah, he's like, that's how that works. it's like he's like a sixth cousin, fifth times, five times removed. <laughs> like nigga, you are not my people. <laughs> we don't know you. That shit is funny, man. Like it's just, oh, it's just man. comedy, man. Like it, all these niggas are like that though. But it's odd because it's we we in one of them times where I mean, what Dr. Moore talking about right now about all of this shit. <laughs> hey, for a second, like this past like two weeks, it's been like we all been going through it to where like some days yeah. I wake up like maybe I am a hotel. <laughs> maybe. Like I said, man, I've been talking all of this shit about these conspiracy theories. Like hey, maybe this when shit. I seen all that, I said, man, look, <laughs> I'm connecting some dots. I, I didn't listen. It's like that meme of the dude at the uh, the board with all the little things going across. Like yeah. I'm trying to figure this shit out. So like what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like Umar, shit is up. You know Umar waiting to be like I told you. <laughs> like he was a prophet. Like I'm he saw. Tap in with Tariq Nasheed be um, I thought you were trying to bring up the Kirk Franklin oh. versus uh, Fred Hammond oh, situation. Yeah. So did, did you, you I, tune in? Yeah, I watched it. I watched it. Right. Kirk Franklin won by a landslide, and that's of course he did. It's Kirk Franklin. <laughs> He's the goat. But I mean, I just... Fred to me, Fred was. I feel like he was trying so hard to have his like. His boy band moment. Right. Like, I feel like everything that he was playing was giving me, like, Brian McKnight, Boys to Men vibes. Like, yeah. all of his slower, smoother, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, commission-type songs. And I was like, he, you didn't bring your right He, he wanted to get in his on. rhythm and praise bag. He, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's you didn't. You didn't bring the right I mean, the right weapons to the battle. But that that's his bag. 
That's what he did. He did has he do, so much um, more, though. He has so much more. Yeah. Did he do He Lives? I don't think so. Yeah, he didn't do a lot of the songs he I was did. waiting for. He did so Dude, much that's... shit from Commission. And that's way before my time. And we were, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm radical, radical for Christ and after. <laughs> <laughs> like, I am not 1987. <laughs> yeah, man. That's Kirk Franklin has been on top of it. He is, he got genre defined. He got at least six songs. That they added to the Bible. You check any Bible before '94, <laughs> and it's short, a couple of chapters of songs. Because they added some Kirk Franklin songs. He, he has defined the genre for a long time. Yes. Like, and in a lot of ways, I mean, if we're talking artistically, specifically about R. Kelly, to like the '90s sound of contemporary gospel, to the late '90s, to the early 2000s, to today. He got hit albums. Yes. For a long time. He damn near the James Brown got. True. True. If we being honest. And he just, yeah, he just got he got always got the best choir. Yeah. If, if he gonna have one, the, the top tier production. He always access to Stevie Wonder. <laughs> just yeah. Like I also am like I I know you be joking that I'm a huge Kanye stan, but I'm glad that we at least got uh ultralight beams. By them two niggas being together. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, if you look at early Kanye music, he's borrowing Kirk Franklin's musicians. I have, very true. (laughs) Very true. Uh, Also, a lot of people have brought... That's why he was able to get that dope-ass choir for Sunday service. Yeah, Yeah. he was dialed in with all them niggas. And then Bonsworth used to fuck with Kirk Franklin them. And that's... Right. He he set up the, the choir and stuff. That's a crazy sentence. Fonz used to fuck with Kurt Franklin in there. That's a crazy ass sentence. Yeah, no, it's wild. It's wild. 2020 yeah, is wild. <laughs> Multiple meanings. But, uh, oh, mm, spicy. <laughs> but, uh, but, <laughs> but, uh, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Kanye, I mean, uh, Kurt Franklin, somebody made the point. I can't remember who did it. They were like, Kirk Franklin's drums knock harder than Kanye's though. <laughs> like Kirk Franklin's uh, the musicianship. I mean, it's not hard. It's not hard. Yeah, it's just. But he he don't he doesn't. I don't know. I'm just so disappointed in Kanye West right now here lately. I, I just and look, I'll be on you about Ye, but make no mistake. I, my life is different without college dropout through. Uh, My beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Yeah, yeah. I only talk shit because I be having to take niggas down a peg. Ain't away some heartbreak because my relationship with love is different, right? It's I can trash, see that, right? Just, the story like, of my life, was, bro. <laughs> because, because, because Kanye West cannot sing, and. Yeah, nah, that's really it. That's really kind of just it. I mean, the production is incredible. Yeah. He was, he in was still bag. Kanye West. And then when we get to My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, it's this caviar rap shit that he got going on where these beats is decadent. That shit is something different. That's how I feel and about... he's got world-class MCs on there. That's how I feel about Kirk Franklin, too. Like, right. It's like nobody's sounding like this. Nah, 
And it's I mean, Kirk Franklin shit is even mixed different. Like the, the <laughs> Bro, it is the best production. <laughs> like I was running, I think I ran Hero right at the top of the Rona when I needed bro <laughs> my soul edified he don't that miss album, like yo, this, this is different boy <laughs> this nigga spit <laughs> i mean for real like Please speak to my soul with this but yeah like the music is always immaculate it's like yeah, I, it really makes you like. It's no doubt that God exists because <laughs> only God could make I mean, this you shit. Can't, I, if you ever had any doubts, listen to this. <laughs> like, don't tell me this is this nigga blessed. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up, that shit hit different. Give you goosebumps. Yes, literally. bro. Like Little goosebumps. Like Hosanna. That shit be going in, yes. bro. And, you know what's crazy about Hosanna? I think it's a verb. I forget. It's not a name that they gave to Christ. My relationship with that song is awkward because of that. <laughs> you can't get with uh, it? No, I love it. But <laughs> like earlier, I'll be trying to make myself I have to I have to look it up to get the, the etymology on the word, but it was just when they when they wrote the song, it was it was some shit that they came up with. The relationship with that name or word in the black church is what birthed that song. But it means something different in the Bible. A lot of stuff is like that though. Niggas be leaning into their own interpretations all the time. <laughs> that shit was funny. Oh man. Um, um also melodies from heaven will knock. That's the uh somebody said that's the uh the church the sanctified version of back that ass up. <laughs> uh yeah. Wow. Is I it, think so. Par- just... I feel like Stomp is would be that version. I, I, no, Melodies from Heaven Actually, hit harder than Stomp to me. I, I hate see, Stomp. Hold on, no, we might have an argument here. We might have an argument here. I think we do. And, the, but third the, only thing, the only reason because Stomp was a crossover hit. That's why it feels different, but I think it might actually be to back that ass up of gospel music. What stuff? I, I think it might. Yeah, I think it might be. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Niggas know scriptures, revelations because of the intro to that song. Okay, we're gonna um, use that same example though. Revolution. Where does what's this uh, secular version of revolution? Because revolution knock. Um, From the beginning, um, it's 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. It's um, can I live? It feels the same <laughs> because it's an early album. <laughs> it's an early album. Uh, was it a single initially? Revolution, yeah. He made a video to All that. Right, okay. All right. All that right, was during so the then, puffy era because he had the puffy right, jacket right, and everything. Right. Hell, speaking, it's, it's, is it the shiny, is it the shiny suit gospel song, then? It is. It's, <laughs> okay, so, all oh, right, if it's the shiny suit era, then it would have to be, who, what would it be? Shiny suit. Been around the world. The Diddy. Yeah, yeah, it's been around the world. <laughs> that is exactly what it is. It <laughs> I was about it to say, is. all about the Benjamins remix with the locks. Uh... I mean, listen. As far as the tempo, that was going up. That's another nigga that didn't miss for a long time. Because even that shit, like last train in Paris, that shit was going hard. Yeah, 
it's like some some stuff is like bigger sound. Like it ain't it ain't nineties bad boy shit, but hold on, it fucking did something. <laughs> this nigga know what he's doing. Yeah. So but I think I, find, I think it's some people that are just good at making the big banger. And that's their bag. Yeah. They don't have to be super lyrical miracle. They just got right. banger. I feel like that's Drake. Right. Drake got banger. Absolutely. Yeah. Like it's nothing else. I just I just realized something about Drake. And <laughs> something that dawned on me today, but well, it's the, he's the he's the harbinger, if you will, <laughs> of how big hip hop actually is, right? Because he is a megastar. I know his most popular songs. I know some deep album cuts. I am not a fan. I feel like, but he's so ubiquitous. Right. It doesn't I matter if you're a fan him. or not. I can't miss him. I know all the words to some of these songs. He got some lyrical miracles. The mm-hmm. boy can rap. Oh, he can rap his ass off. He can rap his ass off. He doesn't do it often. Right. But he can rap it. He can get it in his bag. Um, but he just got some shit uh, that just kind of feel good. I listened to uh, No Guidance the other day, just randomly. It came on the radio, and I was like, hold on, I ain't switched over to Bluetooth. And then I listened to it on purpose. And I was just like, man, this this nigga here, <laughs> he can make a song. Yeah. He's- he can do it, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I just can't, like, the album will drop, and I'll be like, wow, I see what the street's talking about. It's all- they like it, I'll go listen to some choice tracks. But he's the first rap superstar that doesn't have an attachment to a regional sound. Yes, he's all over the place. But I think that's what makes him even bigger. Yeah, yeah that, oh, that's what it is. The thing with Drake also is it's almost like one time I heard uh, Donald Glover describe that he didn't have Michael Jackson albums in their house growing up. But it was because Michael Jackson was everywhere. Anywhere you went, you heard a Michael Jackson True. song. True. So it's True. almost the same yeah. thing with Drake. Like, yeah. Like I was in when I got a new phone. I was in AT and T, and they were just playing Drake. Ain't no other rapper yeah. getting played at an AT and T store. Hell no. <laughs> like this shit in Target and shit like that. Yeah. You in Apple nobody Music? Black work here? No. Nobody black works no. here. Why you ask? Drake is Drake. No, right. I'm sorry. No Shaquita here. <laughs> Hi, this is Todd. <laughs> but, Todd, what you doing? Play. <laughs> you can some, some shit with a Ross feature come on. Like, nigga. Todd, what you in here listening to? But, <laughs> yo, oh, man. this has been fun as fuck. Absolutely. How can our audience get uh, follow you and other things like that. Instagram, Twitter, the Keith Brown, K E E F. We don't do THs where I'm from for some reason. No, the Keith Brown. Uh, uh, Twitter, Instagram is all the same. Uh, KeithBrown.bandcamp.com. Not Bandcamp. Uh, and when I say the Keith Brown, I mean like T H E. That can be pronounced the or the. When you <laughs> throw that extra E on there, like Meg <laughs> the Stallion did. That becomes something different. Okay? Preach, preach up! It's a, it's a different word. I'm in my English teacher bag right now. That's something completely different. All right? So, the Keith Brown, for those that don't identify with that, because it ain't but one. You know what I mean? Uh, Instagram, Twitter, and definitely hit my band camp, because uh, it's Blackout Tuesday, so it's all black shit. True. Uh, right. So. Support, Support black, black artists. Shit. Definitely. 
Um, I have not listened to the Spoken Word album yet, but I will get on to that. Definitely should. It's definitely worth it. But yo, man, uh, we got to do this shit again. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm game. I ain't doing shit. <laughs> I'm off work. We in the house. We in the curfew, house. So. <laughs> Bored in the house and we in the house. Bored. Facts. All right, brother. Oh, my God. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Be cool. I appreciate y'all. Thank you for the platform. No problem. I'll be easy. Be safe out there. Keep doing your thing. I'll see you, man. Absolutely. All right. 100. All right. So thank you guys for tuning in today to Suburban Pod. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at Kirby Brown Girl. And you can find me at a kid named Juice. Some of our music today was provided by our good friend Corey Battle. You can follow him on SoundCloud at DJC Battle. New episodes available every Thursday.